I'm Tefer Jemian, And I'm Eunice Hong. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! yeah. We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So this week, we are talking about a... a pretty new release you should see me in a crown by leah johnson um you should see me in a crown is about a black queer girl growing up in indiana who decides to run for prom queen it's a really classic ya book um really just like a spin on the classic prom queen kind of outsider high school story and i loved it I liked it because it was the like setting was very high school, you know. Um, so I liked that it was um, this high school that really cared about prom and um, just like the culture around it, and that it was a black main character who's queer and who and like how the um, the kind of the tension around um, the book wasn't about that she was like afraid that she was like queer or like that she was coming out but more half it was like more nuanced you know yeah absolutely and I love the way that like her being queer wasn't like like a lot of the time when you read books it'll be like the author really feels the need to establish the character from the beginning and the first page is like I am a black queer girl in Indiana and I don't fit in and like instead Johnson really just kind of lets Liz develop. Yeah, I think the um, she, it's very clear that she doesn't like fit in, um, but through just like the showing instead of the telling of the character. Um, and I feel like also kind of her tension a lot of the times is actually like more having to do with like class, which is like racially related, but um, like the real divide is that she's in this town where a lot of people are like affluent um and she just um that's not the case for her and her family yeah absolutely class is like the much um bigger deal which is fun I hadn't really like like pinpointed that until you said it but it's definitely true that of her sort of many things that are going on that's the one that she like takes pains to hide Mm mm-hmm yeah. So the really strong feeling I get from this book, and it, it really like it starts with the cover, which is incredible. It goes like all the way through the book. This book is like, it's jubilant is the word that kept coming to mind. It is so, it's unapologetically a happy ending. It is a story of triumph and it is happy and good and everything works out. And it was so nice to read that story yeah um i really agree um you know she won 
<laughs> prom queen. Like that was it. And that's and they were so happy in the end. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. that's like a spoiler alert, but like she wins. Right. She wins everything. And not she only does she win everything, she also like ends up getting another shot to win a thing that she lost. And like she gets the girl and she gets like, the girl. Oh my god, we're gonna have to talk about um Mac. all of the friendships, like um she um is able to rekindle her friendship with um her childhood friend jordan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was also really great oh such a good storyline and Mm -hmm. he gets his girlfriend back and Mm -hmm. like oh and and um the the bad girl the like antagonist really gets owned which is really satisfying (laughs) it's just like it's it's it follows the cheesy ya plot perfectly and it is just it, it's just good. It's good to read. Yeah. yeah. I think it's definitely a reclaiming of that, like, that well-known plot. It's like 100% a, like, straight-to-Netflix film story. <laughs> like, like I hope Netflix has already purchased the rights to this. Um, I agree. Um, the, actually, what I was thinking about when I was reading this book was, um, I don't know um, how familiar you are with, like, Netflix original shows, but... There's a great one called Never Have I Ever. I started or watching never, it. Yeah. Um, I think I got that name right. Um, yeah. But you know the, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but the black girl on that show, <laughs> she was the one who I was picturing as Liz Lighty the I'm, whole time. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking up the cast because I don't remember, but I think I also only watched the first like she's the um one of the best one of the best friends. Okay. Yes. Yeah, now I remember her. Weirdly, she's not in the like cast list that comes up on my oh. phone right away. Hmm. Cuz she's like also like tall. She has like the hair like Yeah. The other best friend shows up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I see yeah. it. I'm looking for the actor's <laughs> name. She's just like not billed anywhere because of racism. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Um, but no, absolutely. I, I knew there was somebody who I was thinking of. She really is a very similar character, eh? Yeah. Um, I love that she's an orchestra, like a band geek. Mm-hmm. All of the like band room scenes were giving me serious high school. I mean, my school didn't have, our school didn't have a band room, obviously. But like, I went to other people's band rooms because I played an orchestra. Um, and that was giving me real like flashbacks. Yeah, God, I don't even know where to start. It's just so good. Yeah, I. <laughs> um, I mean, th- the other thing I really like was thinking about while reading this book, um, was just the fact that it's kind of like that classic like wallflower, like coming out of her shell book, but like I don't know something about this was like so genuine and so like empowering that like by the end of the story you're just like wholeheartedly like rooting for Liz and like just being like oh my gosh you're like discovering all these things like it's like everything from like how like you know the relationship she has with her with the two girls who were the palm bots who are kind of like who she's kind of like written off um, and then they they had this like great conversation where she, when they're like getting ready for the um, 
Oh man, what was it? One of Where the they events. Did... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the many events um, yeah. that they have, which is also, yes, can we talk about that? That absolutely. is just like, absolutely. Everybody else's high schools were so much more fun than ours. <laughs> right. Um, just like one of the events they had, um, the two girls were pr- like helping her prep for it. Like they were like putting her on makeup because yeah. it was like one of those like, drunk driver simulation yes that's a weird thing i don't think that's a thing a lot of high schools at least in boston have i'd never heard of that before they have this great conversation where they're like oh yeah we always thought you were really cool but like you never talked to us so like we felt it was weird that to talk to you (laughs) um just like that moment is so telling because i feel like it's that kind of that like high school feeling of like you think the people who are in like other cliques are like so unapproachable yeah 100 percent. i love that scene i'm glad you brought that up because i wanted to bring it up a love that one of them is named quinn such a clear glee reference so good um like because she's also like described basically as looking like quinn fabray i just liked it but i love that scene because it's like i feel like you were saying before she's liz is like a a the like classic outsider right I think what sets her apart is that she doesn't fall into the I'm not like other girls bit ever at any point uh so she's not like like being really loud about being an outsider she's just kind of like yeah it's kind of hard for me to fit in here apart from her feud with Rachel who is very clearly a racist and like clearly that feud is not Liz's fault um she's she's not setting herself up against anybody um and I think that's that's really nice that's really like powerful and makes the story able to be as like light and bright and joyful as it is Mm -hmm. um I actually really (laughs) resonated with that scene because I literally had that moment at some point in high school with somebody (laughs) she's like I guess I could tell you names off air but I definitely had that like one of those times in high school where somebody you know this happened to me a lot somebody would be like so and so is really mad at you for this reason and I would be like I don't like it when people are mad at me you suck and then like I'd be in a feud with somebody for a year and I had one of those and like that at some point we actually talked about it and we're just like I have no idea where this came from I think you're a cool person could we just maybe like chill and it was like it was like such a powerful turning point for me I think that happened towards the end of 10th grade yeah so I really appreciated having that that moment where Quinn was just like yeah we don't know what Rachel's like I also really appreciated their ability to be like Oh, Rachel's really hard to get along with and we don't know why she hates you. But like, she is our friend. Yeah. Yeah, I love that it was just, um, she was kind of just going through this, starting off with um, trying to be in this competition for one thing. And then by the end of it, she just kind of like discovers herself through the process. And I love when books do that. Yeah, and that reminds me, like, one of the really significant parts of this story is that she is only running for prom queen because there is a scholarship involved that she needs. And I did think that was a fun kind of fresh take on the, like, underdog running for prom queen thing. Yeah, because she has, like, a specific motivation, and that motivation is, like, I'm getting out of um, Campbell, and I'm going to this school that I, like, this is this is my dream mm-hmm. and this is what I'm gonna do so like if even from the yeah from the beginning like 
she has her motivation she has her goals um and then it's, it's somehow like i don't know makes her life fuller that like while she's trying to realize these goals that she discovers this like whole thing about herself yeah and that's what makes it not silly like it kind of takes it out of the realm of the silly prom queen story and into the like no this is genuinely a thing that's like valuable to you and you're not just trying to like prove a point um you're you're you know trying to make sure your grandparents don't have to sell their house and while you also get your dreams so let's talk about the relationship in this book I don't know if Leah Johnson, like, reads my mind on the regular, but Mac is, like, my dream girl. <laughs> like, she's so hot. She's so cool. Uh, I, I I read her first description, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> swoon? Swoon. Big swoon. Big swoon. And, like, not just, like, dream girl now, but, like, absolutely in high school. Like, Yeah. I mean, she's definitely so cool, mm-hmm. right? She comes in that scene where um, I think they first meet in the, um, I think it was for the prom, um, like, orientation <laughs> that they have. <laughs> the list of rules that they get for, and, like, the information that they get. Um, that was the event. And um, she immediately just, like, speaks out and, like, stands up in the crowd mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's kind of like like what maybe like liz kind of needed in that moment where she like has where she's like kind of her eyes are opened mm-hmm. to the possibilities right yeah for sure um i love that like uh, amanda's reasons also amanda a name that i have like hardcore crushed on in the past also it's just everything about her is just so like crush worthy and like her hair and like eyes and she just sounds really cute um (laughs) but i really like that her reason for running um for prom queen is like nostalgia based because her mom was prom queen but also like she's really doing it for herself uh it's not it's not like she feels pushed into it or like she's also not broadcasting that she's a legacy she just like it's just something that reminds her of her mom and so she wants to do it Mm -hmm. yeah um I liked that she was um and I also also like that scene where she kind of when they have their like big fight when she's Mm -hmm. um when she oh when when Liz um kind of reveals the reason that she doesn't want to um, be together or like seen in public together as mm-hmm. being together. Um, when that whole thing goes down where she says that it's actually because I'm trying to win this and then when when prom queen uh, and she knows that it's um, when they when they kind of make up um, the first time like when they they're like oh she kind of explains the situation. I like what she says about how um, that, like, she was actually really, like, kind of scared for her when, like, and so she was kind of relieved. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but, like, I I just, like, like that that conversation was added in there. The fight was really well fleshed out. And I also really like that because Amanda gets mad because, like, like, you can understand that, you know, when you're worried about somebody and then, like, 
you find out the thread is passed and you get mad. That's like something we can all relate to, right? But what I also like about it is that it's it's really clearly like they're not having the full conversation, right? So like Liz has told Amanda part of it and then Amanda finds out a little bit more and gets mad and then Amanda later finds out a little bit more and is not mad. And it's like I really like it when arguments are like very clearly miscommunication that's just something i i super appreciate mm-hmm. because it's so real yeah yeah and so i i really liked seeing that kind of like fleshed out like we just need to sit down and have a conversation but we're not sitting down and having a conversation because we're teenagers and like <laughs> like seeing that come through and i really like liz's family Mm-hmm. Like I just there's such a there's a full cast of characters in this book. There's like Liz's family. There's her friend circle. And she has like her primary friend circle and her secondary set friend circle, which is really like relatable. And I think is something we don't see a lot in the high school story, like a lot in high school stories. We see the main character and they have two best friends and they never speak to anybody else. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, there are a lot of characters in this book um, and it feels like, and it helps you get a sense of, like, her world and, like, the school, like, atmosphere, too. Um, but going back to her family, um, how great was it when um, her brother is in the hospital because um, he has sickle cell? Um, and her she has that conversation with her grandmother about, like, running for prom queen and mm-hmm. about her mom um and just like that really great insight into like like what the grandmother thinks and what she thinks and like just that piece of like how her mom wanted to run for prom queen too um and just kind of like added on with the pressures that like liz feels um regarding her family just because her family has gone through so much and it like it's just like a very like clear scene of like kind of the burdens that she feels but also like her, her like grandmother being able to tell her that like we also get that you're a teenager yeah and that you you like don't have to be responsible for your little brother and like you don't have to manage his health that's not your job it's okay you know you're going to worry about him of course but like you know be a teenager worry about your teenager things that's that's a really nice moment especially because I feel like that's the first point that we see her grandma really being like playing an active role in guiding her Um, Mm -hmm. before that the dynamic that's kind of set up is that her grandparents work really really hard to provide for them and Mm -hmm. she and her brother kind of take care of each other and talk to each other and like and then we get this conversation where the grandma's just like, yes, I know what's going on. Please, I'm paying attention to you. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, that's also really, like, realistic, too, of, like, thinking that your parents don't know anything that's going on in your life. But they know. Or, like, the other adults. <laughs> and just being like, of course, we know. Like, I had that more with my older siblings than with my parents. But, like, absolutely, like, of like, course we, we pay see. attention to your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then and then that she goes to prom in her mother's dress. I love so yeah, much. I love that part. Both That's because great. like awe and also because like with the cyclical nature of fashions, like I love that she describes it and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's like pretty on trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, of course, the other really fun thing in the whole prom queen race is that it's not just Liz running for prom queen and winning. It's the fact that Liz running for prom queen overturns a bunch of the traditions and rules around prom in her town. And there's that wonderful scene where the principal tries to kick her out of the race and the teacher who kind of moderates the whole prom race is just like, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? That's a terrible idea. She's earned her place here. She hasn't done anything that like any of the boys in this race haven't done worse. And like, I mean, not just and boys, I'm gonna like dig everybody. Up all the dirt yeah. on you and you know there's dirt. <laughs> yeah. And and also like think about the PR of this. This is a terrible idea. You cannot do it. Um, and that's a really that's really excellent because up until that point, what I really liked about that is because that teacher, uh, from the beginning, she's set up as kind of a com- comedic character. She's like the French teacher, and she's from Indiana, but she like pretends to have a French accent all the time. Our French teacher was from the Midwest, wasn't she too? Ohio or something, mm. but she didn't do that. <laughs> and she like she's like set up as this kind of funny character but amanda comes in and is like i like her she's great from the beginning and liz is kind of like okay whatever kind of weird that you're so into her um and then it turns out that she's awesome i really liked that yeah i like how they uh, how um that that whole thing was dealt with because it was like a like a scandal or it was like a point of contention but also not really like and i i felt like super like victorious you know like it was like oh yeah like that's a thing and the principal's not behind it but then like you know what no like (laughs) we're gonna just like let this happen it's gonna be great (laughs) it's this great moment of kind of just being like oh yeah times have changed and and we just kind of never addressed it and the minute somebody is like, maybe we should change this, everybody is just like, oh, yeah, obviously, which I think is a great message for teenagers of like, if there's something that is unjust that has not been changed and everybody seems to be ignoring, maybe you need to bring it up. And maybe as soon as you bring it up, you're going to find the people that are on your side and you're going to be able to make a big change just by being like, just by being there. You know, I think that's that's a wonderful message. Especially when it's talking about, you know, a school electing their first black prom queen and addressing the homophobia and transphobia that's built into their prom system. Yeah. Um, That Liz, just by wanting to win a scholarship for herself, uh, makes huge changes for future students at the school is, is really enormous. Yeah, I love that she didn't really, like, set out to, like, change, like, rock the system, like, rock uh, rock the boat change the system but she ended up using that platform to really kind of drive this home yeah um and i i really like that because i think sometimes like the message that you're sending to teens is that like yeah you should feel empowered to be yourself and like sometimes it looks like this where it's just kind of like a gradual being like hey, I'm not okay with this and I'm going to, like, say something about it, you know? Um, And that's, like, it's a huge statement and, of course, it feels really big, right? Because it's scary to, like, bring something new into the fold. But it's also, like, kind of, like, very gradual and kind of natural. Yeah. Um, 
the way things go. There's a really wonderful point too, where like at first her friend, her best friend Danny, is like managing her campaign. Oh, did I? I said Danny. Gabby <laughs> um, is managing her campaign, and uh, Gabby is really doing the like. We have to change your whole image. We have to make you seem more white and more straight. And you absolutely cannot date a girl. And like, because people only ever elect this type of prom queen, we need to Mm -hmm. make you that type of prom queen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Liz just gradually gets less and less comfortable with that. And finally is just like, you know what? Actually, I think I'm polling better when I'm myself anyway. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's just lean into that and like... Like it's a it's a mixture of that isn't comfortable for me, and also I don't think that's the best approach. I don't think that's the winningest approach. I think I have a better sense of my fan base than you do, which is really powerful. That's a really empowered moment, and I think it's exactly like a call to uh, or like a call against that whole like. I feel like in you know in those like prom movies or like high school movies, there's always like the makeover montage yeah (laughs) right where like the oh yeah the unpopular girl goes through this like montage to be like like that transformation to become the popular girl and then overseats the popular girl you know yeah I think I was talking to this about this book to someone and someone talked about um they brought up the movie she's all that I don't know if you remember that movie, but it's, yeah, it's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. And he, like, tries to make this unpopular girl in his school, like, give her a makeover to make her, like, dateable and to make her, like, prom queen worthy. I think it's prom queen. I'm not, maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, but I think it's something like that. It's one of those things we didn't have at our school. (laughs) It's like, it's like a bet. I think to like recreate this girl and make her like cool. It's kind of a taming uh, of the shrew, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's that trope, and I feel like this book completely upends that. Like, they it recognizes that that's a thing that it has existed in teen lore, and. <laughs> kind of upends it yeah and I mean she she does kind of have a makeover but her makeover is that she becomes more comfortable and confident wearing what she wants to wearing her hair the way she wants to um being more outspoken and friendly uh and that's her kind of makeover that's her coming into her power it's not her friend making her wear clothes that don't suit her and you know pretend to be someone she's not um, and I love that her her friend Jordan like helps her with that. Yeah, he really acts yeah. as kind of the foil uh, to Gabby, which becomes like you know a pretty prominent theme in tor- sort of the last quarter of the book. But he is really the one who's kind of just like, "But you're great. Why would you pretend to be anyone you're not? You're great, and people like you. So like, just just be you and chill out, and everybody's gonna like you because you're great." Yeah, and the cool thing about that character, uh, Jordan as a character, was that like they had a falling out freshman year um, when there was a moment that he wanted to feel popular too, and um, there's a scene where he um, kind of embarrasses Liz, um, and 
then when they talk later on um, and kind of address this, he like realizes that, or he he's able to call out that he was in the wrong. Yeah. Um, and so it's not like just kind of this perfect like thing of like he know he understands like where she's coming from, and um, I think that also makes it like not not super like cliche. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and he's like. He also then is in a unique position to be like, I know it's not worth it. And like, I see the way you light up around Amanda. It's not worth losing her over this. I see how comfortable you're getting with yourself. It's not worth losing that. And uh, and you don't have to lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh man, I just have to mention the scene where they do like a dance routine for the school. So this school, like our school was not good at prom and homecoming and anything but like having latin class um so we did not really get the like classic high school experience but i do feel like this school is like maybe ramped a little bit comically high uh in order to like build the story and it works very well yeah i'm not super um well versed in how realistic this school and this whole prom like business is and i'm sure like there are definitely schools that take prom really seriously and the midwest and, is like a different country yeah the midwest yeah, yeah i mean we're comparing two different regions of this country um, <laughs> so yeah i i don't know i but like i can also see it being a thing because you know how like high school like football culture is a thing and yeah. that's actually pretty like serious. Um, so I could see like a school having this as a thing. But yeah, you're right. I think it's like it is to a degree comical. Like I feel like the fact she justifies it. Johnson like justifies it well by being like there's a huge scholarship attached to it. And so they figured that since there was a huge scholarship attached to it, we should make it harder than just a popularity contest so there are all these challenges and acts of service and stuff you have to do so and one of them is a, a dance um performance and i'm not gonna spoil this one I, we've spoiled a lot of things in this book i'm not gonna spoil this one just in case but there's a moment at the end of the dance performance that made me cry so good so powerful also like like man like, she has this great branding. She has her logo. Like, I love that it's, like, at first it's, like, you have to play the game and be this. And, like, Gabby's being kind of, like, a parascaler to her of, like, you have to play the game this way. And then she breaks out and is, like, no, this is my logo. This is my brand. Um, and it's, like, very strong. And it's actually, like, a much better marketing campaign. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. I want to just take a minute. Because we're like 10 minutes out from the end here. And I just I just want to indulge myself a little bit and talk about prom. Yeah, let's do it. Because like we, we, we did not get the prom experience. <laughs> and you went to prom with the guy I wanted to ask to prom. I just want to address that real quick because you had the guts to ask him out, which I did not. But- Right. Let's just talk about how that, like, <laughs> all the promposals that are in this book, like, one wasn't really a thing when we were um, in high school. I feel like promposals really became a thing, like, maybe, like, five, ten years out after we were in high school. But okay. anyway, regardless, 
Um, we didn't yes. get romance in high school. We I know, didn't get like any romance. That. We didn't get any of it. Like, yes, I had to ask, and like, okay, sure, like maybe that was very forward of me. But oh, not I at mean, all. No, no, no. I, I just, just to make it real clear. I had this thing in my head about how I could not ask somebody to prom. I had to be asked to prom, so I did not ask anybody to prom. Uh, and you actually, you know, had the presence of mind to ask the person you wanted to take to prom to prom. Yeah, you know, I wrote him a letter. No, I didn't know because you didn't talk to me about it because it was so awkward. It was so awkward. But I mean, I was, it was senior year. Like, I was going to be the uh, main character of my own YA novel. And I wrote um, this guy a letter and asked him to prom. I just feel that like, was the thing I did. I mean, let's be let's be. We don't have to be coy about this because there's photographic evidence. It was Noah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just feel like that that boy, being who he was at the time, receiving a gesture like that could not have said no. Absolutely, I very <laughs> much strong armed him into it. Which I'm proud of. Just I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm <laughs> proud of you for doing that. Because, you know, like everyone will kind of wanted to like ask him a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering high school. No, everybody had a crush on him. <laughs> everybody had a crush on him. So I was like, you know, like he's not going to ask anyone. Like there's no way. As far um, as I know, I'm the only person who held his hand on the train on the way home, though. <laughs> Point one to you, Pepper. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so then I went to prom with Dan, who was a, a dear friend who everybody thought we were dating and we were we were not dating at any point. Well, because you guys did the play together, so obviously. <sighs> right, if you do a play with somebody Yeah, but like but like also people thought I was dating Christian because we were doing the play together. It was weird. Uh, and I was never dating Christian either. You did, though. I did. <laughs> Folks, this is what happens when we... <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I, I... So because our school was weird also, prom was in, like, April, I think. Was it? It was, like, at a weird time of year. And we had to confirm our dates by the end of December. Oh, man. I, don't know if I you remember do not this. remember this process at all. Yeah, so... So you asked, I was waiting for Noah to ask me and Noah was not going to ask me because that's not who Noah was. And then, um, and then you asked Noah and I was like, well, I can't be mad at Eunice. Like she, she, I, like I was not mad at you. I was just like, you know what? She did what I should have done. <laughs> she like, she, she went for what she wanted and I can't even be mad. And then like, I basically just like made Dan ask me because his girlfriend was in Ohio and, uh, oh, right. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, I mean, people might have also thought we were dating because I dressed up as him that one time. We had a weird friendship. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, the senior <laughs> year was weird. <laughs> it was fun. Though. And then um, by the end, by the end of the spring, by the time prom was coming, Dan and I had done this whole show together. So we co-directed a play. Which was really cool. It was by a the cool way, play. That also they, deserves its own YA novel. They FYI. gave <laughs> 
I thank you. They they gave us one night and we changed the theater program at that school forever, which is something I will endlessly be proud of because we, the little theater geeks that we were sat down at the beginning of the year and were like, we cannot let this woman continue running the theater department. We need to prove that oh students gosh, can do better. You're right. It felt like such a coup. It was a coup. It was a coup and it worked. She got fired. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I mean, see, look, you're like the heroine of your own wine. I was busy doing that. And let's be honest, the person I really wanted to date and go to prom with had graduated the year before. So by the time prom came, Tom came, prom came, a little Freudian slip there. We hated each other. (laughs) So like at the end of the play, at the end of the run, I remember we looked at each other and we were just like this very like thoughtful moment for two teenagers. We said... That was great. I love you. We cannot talk to each other before prom or we are going to kill each other. Um, And so we actually just stopped speaking to each other for a month so that we could actually like tolerate hanging out with each other at prom because we'd been spending every weekend together like designing costumes and like evenings talking on the phone about the details and we were not attracted to each other. So it wasn't just fun. It was work. So then we did radio silence for a month, went to prom together, like took a picture together at the entrance and then just like parted ways and hung out with other people um, for the rest of prom. So that was our prom experience. Yeah, it was on a boat. It was on a boat. That was cool. You Mm -hmm. did. It was with like four other schools. (laughs) It was with four other schools. You did the whole getting your hair done and like your makeup done and you looked awesome. I will say. Yeah, like, like, at least I'm going to do that. Like, the most fun part for me was seeing everybody glow up. Yeah. Oh, actually, that was really cool. Yeah. I wasn't wearing a bra or makeup, and I hadn't done my hair, but my dress was great. Yeah. (laughs) I still have that dress. Oh, I still have my dress somewhere, too. Yeah. I mean, yes. So, safe to say our prom experience was nothing like Campbell High's prom. I should like, um, run I a poll and ask our listeners who had the classic prom experience and who did not. I mean, they, like, what is it? They had, like, a theme called, like, Midnight in Paris, and mm-hmm. it sounded so cool. Yeah, their prom sounded cool. Our junior prom was so much better than our senior prom, and it was just like a dance in the auditorium. Did We didn't even do prom queen or king no because there were four other schools there yeah and i ran into do you remember this we ran into an opposing school's lacrosse team yeah do you remember that there was that one girl who hated me on the other team yep and she growled at me at Mm -hmm. prom it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life yeah we were just passing each other and i tried to give her a smile and a wave of like lacrosse season's over and she bared her teeth and growled at me like a dog anyway did you have a real prom experience let us know <laughs> my plan for my 30th birthday if we're out of quarantine is to have a prom by the way <gasps> that's if it. the borders open you can definitely come anyway This is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. Read it if you had a real prom experience to relive it. Read it if you didn't to pretend you did. It's great. Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast. And individually, I'm at Teverbear, and you can follow Eunice on Instagram at the Unicorn Reads a Book. That's unicorn with an E at the beginning, like Eunice. 
If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and coming up soon, some really exciting limited edition perks. You can head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Rashi, Erica Stetchberry, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, and Chantal Thomas. We'd take you to prom if we could. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. You can also always support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe a friend who wishes they could do prom over again. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tevra Jemian, that's me, and edited by Tom Zalatni, that's my current prom date, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Dungeons. Dragons. Canada. The Multiverse Theory. Corgis. Queer representation. Reconciliation. Angels. Demons. Squirrels. Moose. Moose and squirrels. Sorcerers. Dinosaurs. Forests. Giants. Rogues. Warlocks. Plains. Sewers. Lavender. Natural Toonie. A Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.